I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the Atwoods End Podcast. Hey. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? I don't know. Is that even a word? Those scarves are awful. Oh, I like them. Welcome, everyone, to that Wits End podcast. I'm Kim. Oh, I'm Megster the Gangster. I wrote in the show notes for you to say I'm Kimmy K, but I don't No, yeah, I changed it back. God, can you believe we're on episode three already? Where is the time going? So this week's episode is called Not Written in the Stars, and I have to say I really like the title of this week's episode in particular because while it's actually about something that we're going to be talking about later on, it also ties in, I think, really well with everything else we're going to be talking about this week, which is personal goal setting, daily habits, and kind of how everything ties into our personal identities and how we see ourselves. It originally came from me finding out that the constellations, like specifically of the zodiac, are low-key lie, so we'll get there. That'll be in our philo <laughs> Scandal. <laughs> in our philo math segment right at the end. We'll start off. So, Kim, how would you define identity? I guess I define it as the way you see yourself. I think it's very a very personal thing. I wouldn't say it's how others perceive you, but like how you see you, you yeah. know? Yeah, I like the actual definition is the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. It's a hard one, right? When people are, you know, I feel like national identity is really easy. I'm Polish. I do lots of Polish things. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the perception of self and like the way that everyone sees themselves is so not the way the world sees them a lot of the time like people tend to have a really like disjointed view of themselves yeah, and like point. you know people ha are their worst critics so it's kind of hard to be to like really nail down an identity because your identity certainly isn't how other one else sees you but sometimes the way you see yourself isn't even true either exactly. in a lot of ways you know and it changes a lot too like you know, how you would identify or like what you identify with or who you identify as as like a child changes and grows as you get older. And, you know, we talk a lot about or comment a lot about how sometimes I think about this a lot as I'm going to be a mom soon is how a lot of times when people become moms or caregivers like that takes over their identity and then mm -hmm. <laughs> they have to like slowly find it again. And that's that can be challenging. Yeah, for sure. Especially especially with kids, you like, you know, you have like 20 years or so of being kind of that full-time parent figure. And they're like, that's a lot of time to come back to after that and kind of re rebuild and figure out who you were outside of that parenting. Yeah, no, exactly. I feel like a lot of people also had kind of an identity crisis when we graduated from university. <laughs> and I was thinking a lot about that. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I definitely felt that way after our graduating from university but to be honest sometimes I feel like I look back kind of nostalgically at that time period I miss when things felt so open yeah and there was so many paths you could choose to go down next and you didn't really know what was coming and obviously that feeling can be really scary but sometimes I find myself kind of wistfully looking back at like what I didn't know what I was going to do next or when I hadn't picked that yeah, exactly what was that Nelly, Nelly Furtado song like a bird Oh, the rest is still unwritten. That one. Oh, that's Natasha, oh, that's Natasha Bedding. Beddingfield. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, like which Nelly Furtado song? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah exactly you're free like a bird and <laughs> yeah I don't know did you feel that way after you finished your master's so it's funny because during my master's like I didn't really it didn't really feel like school so when people ask me about like school ending I think back to 2016 when I graduated with my undergrad and that's probably when I felt like a little bit of a crisis coming and it was only because I had met my now husband we worked at African Lion Safari together in 2016 and he had taken a year off so although he was my age he still had one more year of university and so when we kind of started dating and talking and stuff I would spend a lot of time in Guelph with his fourth year friends and I was like whoa (laughs) I feel old like who am I (laughs) you know in that same trip or that same year I went on like a two and a half month world trip where I started in Iceland and then I made it all the way through Europe and then into Asia to visit our good friend in South Korea and then back through the U.S. Like it was just, it was like literally a world trip. I went around the world and Mm -hmm. that really helped me kind of find myself again because these, you know, his friends at Guelph were very different than my friends at Laurier and so that was a little bit of like a but I remember thinking at what point I was like tying my identity really strongly to I have long hair and I can salsa dance and that literally (laughs) (laughs) for whatever reason at the time I was like yep here I am (laughs) I'm I'm a lot I just picture like if you were like a video game you know those like choose your character things where they each do like their signature moves yeah and you just like your long flowing hair and you just do like a little like salsa twirl and like that's your little signature move yeah I I don't know what the heck that was but do you like so at that point that was what I was really tying my identity into um can you like is there a part of your identity that is like important to you or that you connect with almost in a well sense? I mean I wish I wish I had as great of an answer as long hair and salsa dancing <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I think for me a really big part of my identity is like my friends and family and I'm not sure if that's kind of a cop-out answer because it's really not like specific super specific to, to me okay hear me out so <laughs> I I feel like everyone is kind of a reflection of who they surround themselves with and it reminds me of that quote you know it's like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with or something like that oh I was thinking your vibe is your tribe I mean (laughs) that's that similar sentiment just that kind of feeling that the people that you surround yourself with I think are a reflection of yourself and like I spend a lot of time bragging about my friends because I just think they're like the coolest and best people me. Yeah, and I, I yeah, <laughs> yes, you are one of them. And I I just don't think I would be the person I am without those people in my life. So even though they're not my identity, they really are the reason my identity is what it is, if that makes sense. It definitely does. And that reminds me of such a like Dwayne the Rock Johnson type answer. Like sometimes he just says things or he'll post things <laughs> and it's like so fucking cute you know and I'm just like I don't know (laughs) she's like the best answer that's a really that's really good I think I think everyone who who's in your your group of friends when they listen to this they're gonna be like oh shucks me yeah you you know who you are that's my that's my vague answer that's gonna make everybody feel good (laughs) I also feel like you and I are always having conversations about rebranding and reinventing ourselves I think I've always looked at that as such a positive thing. For me, 
every four months or so, I'm like, I'm changing my hair color. I'm taking up this new, I'm, I'm playing the harp now. I've got some weird random hobby. And whether they stick or not, I feel like that experimentation has always been a big part of who I am as a person. Yeah, I feel like I live like a semestered life. Like, very similar to what university was like when we had yeah you know, oh i love that the fall That's term the winter you know at the yeah. end the you know that that time between boxing day and new year's eve when everyone's like what day is it and, and you just oh my god yeah and you're in like lit you live in limbo i clean <laughs> i clean and i reorganize and i get ready for the new year and i'm just like let's oh wow you're shui. yeah i am I'm very you're more productive, productive than me <laughs> i eat chocolate and i like become a part of my couch <laughs> i just like maybe we're just i'm like i'm bored of this i was into this yeah even even things that i say i'll get like catchphrases all of a sudden start picking up something and you know i remember in 2013 it was what are the chances for everything <laughs> or 2017 it was i'm way into that right now about everything oh yeah i, I remember that yeah, phase. That was a good one <laughs> and we have that in common you know one time we were talking about how we really were hoping to befriend crows in the neighborhood because crows are <laughs> incredibly intelligent. We really don't do a good job of making ourselves look normal on this podcast. You know what? I have crows. But one time we were talking about feeding dog food to crows so that they would bring us shiny presents. Let me let me tell you, though, the crows of Waterloo, which there's a lot of them, I play my Bosa Nova Jazz every morning. That's how I start work. And I always have the window open because I'm a billion degrees and there are crows that come, and I swear they're listening to the smooth jazz. Okay, so we're going oh to I picture this, like, crow, like, rocking up to your window with, like, a little mustache and, like, a cigar. And he's just like, aye. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing, my cat throws herself at the window in, a, in an yeah, attempt to do everything. Yeah, chaos. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think, like why do we do that what drives do you know what drives you to all like you know with your hair color especially right like when I look at photos of Kim I'm like I can usually tell what year it is based on the hair color and I was like oh that was the that was the dark yeah it's really it's really annoying because like I sometimes I'm like trying to post something on Instagram and I can't even go back to old photos because I look like a different person and you can tell that it's a really old photo because my hair goes from like black to platinum blonde to whatever color in between I think for me it's mostly curiosity I'm always reading or listening to a podcast just finding things that inspire me I think it's like healthy to try on new hats I guess and see which ones fit and which ones you know trying something new doesn't necessarily mean yeah like you could hate it but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to keep that like new thing that you're trying but you might find something that actually really resonates with you and kind of becomes like you know adds to that it's almost like an addictive an addictive trait where you're always and I guess in, in one sense it can get exhausting if you yourself aren't used to doing that like when people are like looking at me they're always like wow aren't you tired I'm like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned how to sourdough bake bread or how to bake sourdough bread this week. And I did this and I did that. And I'm learning how to basket weave. Oh, and my friend Kim does that too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's funny because I have a friend who like as a joke says that I basket weave all the time. So that's really funny that you use that as an example. <laughs> because I've thought but about I, it. Yeah, I think there's, there's a certain charm to finding something I I almost relish I I like to get really good at things and I almost relish kind of being shit at something to then kind of get better at it or just it's very exciting to introduce something brand new 
pour my heart and soul into it and yes I might get over it in like two weeks yeah it's a skill that you've adopted and I think I heard a quote I wish I could remember where but it was something along the lines of you are a work of art that takes a whole lifetime to finish and so you're always kind of like changing a color or maybe you're like "Mm, no I want that like the sky to be this color and you change it a little bit and it doesn't mean that the painting at any one point is wrong or incomplete it's just you're like a work in progress forever and I feel like I've always had that attitude that everything new that I try whether I keep it or not it's all just like part of a a bigger story that is who I am yeah and there's like a there's a really fun kind of fluid part of this but then I feel like there's also a lot of structure that comes with this right because we usually or at least for the most part when I start something then I'll I'll keep at it for a while and it's not that I give up because it's too hard or too challenging it's just because I'm on to the next thing right so it's I think you need both as you're trying and you know expanding who you are and reinventing and rebranding that there's a lot of you need that creativity but you also need like a mathematical logical organized sense yeah do you find that you set like a lot of goals for yourself like things you want to accomplish or the person you want to become what kind of things do you yeah so I think for? for sure because because I'm so like the creativity is flowing and you know you can ask my husband and he'll tell you that I'm a disaster when I'm cooking but I tell him I'm like it's art you know, when I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> the so, flower on the ceiling is just part of the masterpiece. Actually, you know, we had to paint the ceiling in our kitchen when we were uh, renovating because well, I, I had a smoothie and like a to-go cup and I was going to wash it and there was a little bit of, you know, it didn't quite finish it so I shook it up. Yeah, so smoothies that have been fermenting in a nice gross container when you pop it open there was literally a a splatter of yellow across our ceiling and we had to paint that and he was not happy that that was something that we (laughs) had to do (laughs) because i was like it's popcorn ceiling it doesn't come off don't ever ask me to to see the pomegranate because that's exactly what happened to me too it was on the ceiling it was on every wall of the the house and like i i have never tried to see the pomegranate since then goals so like okay so i set daily goals i like to do like an a.m and p.m and I'll write down, okay, like, this is what I want to do for work-wise. Whether or not I actually keep it, sometimes I'll see the same tasks for, like, a week. But I'm like, I will get to it in the PM, just not specifically on this day, <laughs> you know. And then <laughs> weekly, I do weekly as well. So we created, like, a like a menu almost weekly so that we can make sure that we don't overspend. And, like, I hate throwing out food. Every Friday afternoon, I'll write menu and then for the week i'll go through the flyers and it's a really like tedious thing but it really helps throughout the week because then we know okay it's tuesday we have a big kind of menu or schedule that we can look at in the kitchen we know okay this is what we're having and then we can plan accordingly so for me it's like setting those goals almost is like a structure because like Mm -hmm. i also have like a five-year plan or not a five-year plan but like things i'd like to do before i'm 30 and one of the big things that i found for i never said i'm gonna set some goals it was just oh i'd like to do this i'd like to do this or what i was observant about was that wording is really important to protect like yourself and your sanity like the way you say i want to make this amount of money is that following a path that makes sense because if i say i want to make a million dollars next year and i'm about to take some mat leave (laughs) like (laughs) i have a new business yeah that's not really you know but instead it's like i would like to do this with my with my work where I'd like to have a percentage coming from this kind of income and a percentage coming from these kinds of clients do you find that when you're setting your goals do you set professional and personal goals or how do you do yours I've always been pretty 
loot like I guess I goal set maybe more than some people might hear this and be like oh like that's a lot more than I do but like I've always felt like I was very loose when it came to personal and professional goal setting with my business I do have things I'm looking to accomplish in the next year the next three years and like the next five years and I found that setting those goals in those specific increments was really helpful to give me some perspective on just where I want to be in the long term. Yeah. And then if I want to be here in five years, it's easier to then work backwards and really be like, okay, well, if I want to be here in five years, then this is where I need to be in three years, then okay, to get to where I need to be in three, what can I do this year to set me up on that track? Right. And that's been really helpful just to like, you know, put things into bite sized chunks. Yeah, For you, it's like, it's a structure of like checking in or like having some to be like this is where we're at this is where we want to go and then yeah 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 and then once I've set those goals I don't really hold myself to accountable to them in any super firm way yeah you're not and it's kind of this yeah and it's the same with personal goals because I also think things can change so quickly in unexpected ways so to be hard on yourself with that kind of stuff I just think is unfair but with personal goals I do make like a mood board each year oh I love that and I usually do it just before new year's and I always format it to be like phone background size and then I just like collage things that I want so like if I look at my phone now some things I have a stack of books on there and then like hidden in one of the spines I have like the number of books I'd like to read oh my goodness. um and then some things are a little bit more abstract there's front door because I'd love to like have saved enough to start looking for a, like, an apartment or a house at the end of the year and like that are a little bit more vague but I find that what I typically will do is I'll leave that phone background for the entire year. I'll never change it. Even though I'm not consciously thinking about my goals every day, every time I open my phone, I'm kind of given this subconscious reminder of what I'm aspiring towards. And it kind of keeps me aligned without me having stress about it. Yeah, it's an excellent reminder. Yeah, because like I feel like when it comes to these goals, especially the longer term ones, that's why I'm really careful with my wording because if, so let's just say I hit 30 and I haven't done some of those things what I want to focus on more is whether or not I'm on the right path or whether or not I care to be on that path still Mm -hmm. ones that I have for before 30 is I'd like to have a cookbook published like a self-curated I I think I want to do the photography I want it to be my own like yours yeah right and I don't know if I hit 27 and I'm like I am way into dairy farming and I'd like to expand my dairy farming empire and not really (laughs) care that much about the cookbook then it's no I I totally agree I think that that's the thing that I look back at even just my freelancing career over the last three years and where I started and where I am now I could not have even pictured that was the case and I'm sure that this time next year I'll be saying the same thing where like I didn't even imagine this was where I would be in a year's time and so I think it's good to have goals and things that you're aspiring towards but it's also good to be able to recognize that if you hit a fork in the road that it's okay to choose a different path you don't necessarily have to stick to that just because that's the thing you were working towards yeah exactly and so do you when you achieve a goal what are you doing is the goal enough for you or you I'm a gift person we know that from last week I can treat myself for anything that I will. See, I like, I tried that because I read something that said that, especially with freelancing and building a business, it's like, it's good to set kind of like, 
especially for income related goals, a reward. So when I make this much money, I'm going to treat myself to this. And it just keeps you aspiring towards that. But what I found was it just doesn't work for me. And I think that's because I have always had this attitude that if I have the means to do something, life short, why am I waiting? Like it's one thing to have to save up for something because it's like a, you know, like a big house. purchase. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there's things that you just don't have the means to do. But to say like, I'm not allowed to have this because I haven't hit that goal. I tried it and it just didn't resonate with me. It also reminds me of when it comes to food and stuff and like relationships with food. It'll change your relationship if you cannot until you do this. And if you don't do that because of these changes that we're mentioning or like you hit a fork in the road and you want to go in a different direction then you'll just be mad or like what then you don't get to have that or you'll feel if you get it you'll be a cop-out or I feel like it's a very yeah it's just setting yourself up for something that you don't need yeah I think it's just I don't know what it is it's just not something that connected with me and like it's awesome if it if it connects with I'm sure it connects with a lot of people and like that works uh for a lot of people but it just it wasn't I didn't find it very motivating I found I just frustrating because I felt like why no. am I waiting for this thing <laughs> yeah I'm impatient so yeah. like it, it wasn't good for me I recently also read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear and one of the things that he talked about in the book is the book is all focused on adopting new habits and you know what makes habits stick and how do we you know navigate creating new habits successfully. One of the things he said is that typically if we want to become say someone who lives a healthier lifestyle we'll say okay I need to eat more fruits and vegetables, I need to get more exercise, drink more water and then once I've done all those things I'll be a healthier person right what he's saying in his book is that if we approach those habits and and goal setting in general from the perspective of already being that thing so instead of saying if i do these things i'll become a healthy person you reframe your mind to say i'm a healthy person and therefore i do these things naturally it can actually help to make those habits stick a lot more because we're not working to become something we already believe that we are that thing yeah so that really is going to push you in a way that is such a that it feels like such an obvious way of thinking but it's not because i've never thought of it that way that if you say i am and then a basket weaver yeah (laughs) i'm and then yeah, I'm I'm a celebrity. <laughs> I am the Queen of Poland. <laughs> Kim does but sign like, her cards makes... though. Uh side note, as I joke oh. about being Polish royalty, Kim does sign off to me or sign to me in cards as her royal <laughs> majesty, so it is working in some capacity. I can see how that would be really helpful and is something that I'm really trying to reframe the way I think about things, even in terms of investing in yourself. It's a lot easier to invest in yourself. Well, I am an artist. I am going to take those painting lessons because I need to like better my skills versus being like, I need to become a painter. So I, what do I have to do? You know what I mean? It and- just justifies things a bit more. And it also goes for like hobbies too. Like you can just have a non-money making hobby. If you say like, this is what brings me joy. This is what I, I am like a hobbyist of, of this particular art. Or you're an oil painter just, just for fun. You're not selling those things. And sometimes it's hard to justify purchasing really expensive painters because you're not going to make money from it, right? And so to say that I am this, this is my hobby, I I enjoy doing this, and then to allow yourself, okay, so what do I need for this, right? To be able to live in that realm without 
like a monetary mm-hmm. push behind it. Yeah, totally. So do you link certain things, milestones to your life? Like you said you wanted to do a cookbook before you were 30. Is there anything else that you kind of link to like certain stages in your life? Or is it mostly just kind of age related? I can think of like two just off the top of my head. The the big one for me, like I had a pivotal eye-opening moment where I experienced this. I've always loved to cook and I've always loved to bake. I don't want to say like that loser, but I was definitely <laughs> the only 21 year old who was asking for muffin tins and cake tins for Christmas instead of like what normal 21 year olds were asking for (laughs) and at one point I was living in a house with like six other people we had a tiny little kitchen and I didn't have like a mixer or any fancy appliances to help me when I was cooking or baking so the good thing is I learned how to do a lot by hand very difficult task that my ancestors and like the French cooks like I learned how to do a lot but it was crappy to have to meringue something, which if for anybody doesn't know, that's literally when you're beating egg whites into peaks. So just think of how gooey egg whites are and imagine trying to turn them into peaks, okay? It takes a long time. It's a nightmare. Yeah, it was a nightmare, right? But I was like, this is the price I paid for my art. Oh my god, I tried to do that in at Christmas time with whipping cream. I was like, I can do this by hand. And halfway through, I was like, I'm getting the KitchenAid out. Like, I, yeah, right? I just gave up halfway so like, through. It's like, this is so much more difficult than it needs to be. Exactly, right? And I had a part-time job, and I was in school. And so then finally, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go get a, a handheld mixer. Or like At that point, I was like, you know what? I Who says I have to wait until I have a house or until I'm out of school to cook with like a little bit of help and it was like $80 for I don't know why I was being so dramatic or so no I have to wait and so like not anymore I think at this point I'm just like this is what I want to do I don't have to wait until this particular moment or when I'm do you do that yeah how do you feel about that I can't think of like specific periods in my life that I'm necessarily waiting for I mean I've definitely had kind of the mindset that I'm not buying things for like a future home prior to moving out but for for me that I think is less goal oriented or like a stage of my life oriented we've talked enough about reinventing ourselves like my taste (laughs) changes every other week and I'm afraid to buy too much in that direction only to move out a year from now or two years from now and be like oh my god why did I even buy this like I don't even like it anymore so like from that perspective I feel that way I feel like if you can accomplish something today I've always had the attitude of why wait let's do it because you know like life's short and like things could change and you never know where things are going to take you so like if something makes you happy or if something is going to fulfill you in some way even if it is just a small way of now easier to beat my egg whites because I have a (laughs) handheld mixer it it's bringing you joy in that moment you know what I mean not to be frivolous when I think of when people say like invest in yourself I I don't like that phrase really because it's like yeah you can invest (laughs) in yourself but like you also have to you know investing in yourself sounds like it's very one-sided but it's like you also have to put in the work and for me that comes from you know what are you doing daily weekly monthly like habit wise because you can invest in yourself and you can get things physically invest in yourself or you're buying things like workout clothes or something right Mm -hmm. that you you're investing in yourself you're gonna buy new workout clothes a new yoga mat some little weights but if you're not actually putting in the work then it's like are you investing not really right yeah what are your daily habits do you have daily habits i'm not super rigid when it comes to anything that i do every day but something that i've tried to focus on especially in the past couple years is setting aside 10 minutes every day to just read yeah and before i went to university and like through high school and growing up like i was all 
always the kid that had her nose in a book. I would read all the time. And so much so that when I went to university, I was like, I want to major in English as well as communications. (laughs) And after (laughs) university, I really struggled to love reading again because I had spent four years reading books that I was obligated to read and not books that I was necessarily choosing to read. And I think I hear that a lot with students that go to school to study music as well, that it really ruins their love of performing and playing their instrument of choice because it becomes work instead of something that's like therapeutic. Yeah. And so that's been a habit that I've had to work really hard at over the last few years. Going back to that book that I read, Atomic Habits, I think something that was talked about in that book is this idea if you can break down a habit into something digestible, it makes it a lot easier to integrate into your life instead of saying you have to read every day for a half an hour or every single night before bed or something like that. If you just say, I need to read 10 minutes, it can be on the couch after work, it can be first thing in the morning, it can be before I go to sleep, but you're just committing to that 10 minutes. And I find that as soon as you commit to that, it can spiral into, oh, I read for three hours or I stayed up late last night because I was so into the book that I was reading, but you just have to commit to 10 minutes. It's such a fluid process too like the only habit that I think I've consistently had so since I got pregnant I've been pretty good at taking vitamins and probiotics daily but the only like very consistent habit which is like kind of weird I feel like would people lie about this like if we ask our listeners like what are your daily habits can you think of a couple because good for you because I literally have one that I consistently do and it's Duolingo I've been learning French German Italian sprucing up my Polish for about four years now in the last year so like kind of when the pandemic started near the end of March I started doing it every single day their whole idea their one of the big premises is like 15 minutes a day can teach you a new language what can 15 minutes of social media do and I was like oh that stinks <laughs> you know <laughs> so I was like oh okay like the the owl is could be nicer I feel like he's very scary the dual lingo of, owl yeah, he's yeah. so passive aggressive <laughs> I was doing German for oh like a while and yeah every time you miss a day or like break your streak he's there like shaking his finger at you language acquisition is super important to me and some there's some periods of time where I was literally doing like two hours of what I called language acquisition which really helped because if I was telling people yes this morning I started off with language acquisition it's like boosting myself <laughs> I was like, hey, 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 das ist gut, you know? <laughs> and like, sometimes I'm just like, it's like 11.53. I've been, you know, pre-pregnancy, of course, I was drinking and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just try this in French. <laughs> you know? And I was like, just trying to, I found that, man, habits are hard. Daily habits are hard because this is literally like 10 to 15 minutes of just, you know, saying words, writing words, reading words. And some days it came really easily and some days it came harder but I'm proud that I'm almost at 365. Like, I don't know what I'm, I'm going to take maybe a hiatus. Is that how you say that? Hiatus? Yeah. 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 Hiatus. Or like, I'm going to take, what's it called when you're doing like school and you take a year off? Like a, um, like a professor. Gap year? Team. No, no. A professor. A sabbatical. Yeah. Maybe I'll take a sabbatical from my four language. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I totally agree, though. If anyone has daily habits that if you can name me anyone listening, three daily habits that you actually keep up with every single day, I will be impressed because we'll do a giveaway. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a giveaway. We'll give you a shout out on our Instagram (laughs) story. If you want to get your account in front of 36 followers, hey, it might be more. All you have to do is name three daily habits. So this is also you'll find. Sometimes Kim and I have a very different approach to to this podcast. I I 
I'm dreaming big. And I'm like, by 36, you mean 36 million, right? <laughs> she literally means, you know, my five accounts 36. that I manage. And <laughs> I like to think we keep each other grounded because on, on a deeper level, my goals are also the same. I would love to see so many people listening to this podcast. That would be such a dream. Yeah, people but I'm just come together. Be- I'm I want being merch. I know. I want some at Woods Ends sweats to wear for this like never ending quarantine that we're in. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. Hopefully, it'll be done soon. <laughs> just like, la, 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 la. I'm over it. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, in all in all seriousness, anyone who can maintain multiple daily habits, I applaud you because e- even coming up with an answer to that question, all I could think of was reading, and I'm not even perfect at that. I go through phases where yeah. I'm like really good at taking vitamins, like you said, or I drink a lot of water every day, or I'm exercising a lot, and then there's a month where I do none of the above, and then I get back on it again. <laughs> And so it's just like ah, whatever. <laughs> is the only one that I've been kind of adamant on. Everything else, I'm like, just go with the flow, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm currently taking a sabbatical from exercising. So <laughs> that's almost just call it. Just sounds so much better because it that, a sabbatical has meaning and purpose, and you know, it's meant for rest, reflection, and coming back stronger than ever. Yeah. There you go. You have your <laughs> yeah fitness. Oh, I used to do that, but I'm on a sabbatical. <laughs> It's good to take away. Healthy eating? No, ah. I'm on a sabbatical. I'm on a sabbatical, sorry. <laughs> so this actually brings us right to our last segment. And now for our filio math segment. The Zodiac, the Zodiac is, not is not who you thought it was. Okay, so I'm actually, this one rocked my world, literally. The The title of our podcast today was that it's not written in the stars. And I like that because it directly tied into as you're doing and planning and dreaming and, and forming habits, you know, it kind of takes away from that like destiny will happen. And sure, I believe that whatever's meant to happen will happen, but I think you can put some work into it. Things aren't going to fall into your lap. We're going to go back a while and say hello to uh, the Babylonians. You may be like, oh, what the heck were the Babylonians doing? Do you know anything about the Babylonians? Only their name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The BBs. Yeah, the BBs. Pretty cool. At their time, they had the largest capital city in the world. They could perform advanced arithmetic calculations and solve quadratic equations, which how many of us can say that we can actually do that? (laughs) I have nightmares of that time when those were words where it's like, we're solving quadratic equations today. Yeah, you know, say not since the 11th grade. Yeah, X that as a group of people most importantly or at least for this for this podcast today they laid the foundation for all of western astronomy the babylonians were kind of in the area of iraq and turkey like they were all about recording meticulously generation after generation what they saw in the sky they actually found out about something called the sero cycle have you ever heard of that Mm-mm. It determines the eclipses of both the sun and the moon. Which is like, what? Huh? How do you even? I don't know. I don't understand what's happening. 
No, I don't even understand how you do that now. The period okay, of this cycle is about 18 years, 11 days, 8 hours. How do you figure that out with math? I don't fucking know. Like, that's just boggles my mind. When we talk about astronomy, there's a bit of a mix-up between astronomy and astrology. So astronomy is the branch of science which deals with celestial objects, space, and the physical universe as a whole, whereas astrology is the study that assumes and attempts to interpret the influence of the heavenly bodies on human affairs. Right. right? So then astronomy is like looking through a telescope. <laughs> and astrology is like i am reading my horoscopes in cosmopolitan magazine you got it yeah you got okay. it babe <laughs> for this as we lead into this the third definition that we kind of need to know about is is the celestial sphere think of it as like an imaginary sphere gigantic radius so it's really huge the earth is at the center it's like a ball around the earth the celestial equator lies along the celestial sphere in the same place that the earth's equator when we talk about the sphere it's what we're seeing above us and below us if the earth is a circle in the middle of this larger circle and so what the Babylonians did, <laughs> there are 13 celestial sections that the sun passes through. And that's where we get our zodiac from. The sun, as we're moving around the sun and we're orbiting around the sun, then the sun looks like it's moving place in the sky based on where we are. That's where we get our zodiac from. But this is get ready for this rocking of, of your world. They created astrology as we know today. There are 13 constellations that the sun passes through or that we see that the sun passing through. But they had a 12-month calendar already so they were like fuck it let's cut one out and so they literally cut out a zodiac or like they oh cut God. out one of the constellations then the 13th is called Ophinicus. I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but there's been a lot of drama with like NASA and stuff because NASA will be like, hey, yeah, there's Ophinicus. This is like the 13th constellation that we can see from the Earth. That I the sun genuinely seen those like NASA articles or like I've seen those articles that float around online that are like, there's a 13th zodiac. And I used to always just be like, oh, an April Fool's article and like <laughs> ignore them because I just thought that it was just like made up. I didn't know there was the 13th no, so there, okay so this is from an astronomy point of view there is a 13th from an astrology point of view okay this is what else the babylonians who are really good at math okay this is what else they did not only did they just cut out that 13th zodiac to fit their calendar but they changed the length of each zodiac to be roughly the same time so in reality the sun is moving through those constellations at different times it's in scorpius so i'm a scorpio it's in scorpius within that constellation for only six days and kim is a gemini and it's only in gemini for about 30 days so basically the whole thing is just made up and like not or not made up i don't no one come for me i didn't mean that uh, like, there's a lot of inaccuracies that i'm seeing based off of the fact that the timelines are not static for exactly each yeah so I zodiac sign the understanding or the understanding that I had was that the sun spends, you know, 30 to 31 days, which doesn't seem so off because the moon, there's lunar phases and you know what I mean? Like that being on a schedule and a cycle, that makes sense. It seems plausible, but it also totally makes sense that because each constellation, so remember a constellation is not, the stars aren't like lined up on a, on a flat surface, like one right beside each other, that sometimes you have stars, it's stars are joined in a three-dimensional space. And that's how we see it because we're so, so far, far away that when we look at the stars, they look like they're on a flat plane, but stars right. are actually like crazy distances apart. And so sometimes in a constellation, the brightest star that you see is actually the furthest away. And, and the dullest star, which like you think is far away, is actually the closest. It just like when I was reading that, I was like, well, I don't know how to process this, <laughs> you know, and, and <laughs> what NASA said was like, listen, for astronomy, 
we need to pay attention to this. Our job is to report on stars in like a very scientific manner. But in astrology, it doesn't change, you know, like once a Scorpio, always a Scorpio, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like I am a diehard. I am a bloody water sign and I fit that profile. Maybe I've been told to fit, I don't know, whatever it is astrology like finding this out shouldn't if you're if you love your astrology and you love reading your horoscope find power in that and you enjoy that then like power to you doesn't change anything because even the babylonians when they created this you know it's like three thousand years ago shit has changed things have shifted but i just i thought that that was a little bit of like a and it's almost interesting even knowing that like you said like so many of the astrological characteristics and like i know i've done my like full birth chart online and I have it saved in a note on my phone and like it's there's so much information in it but when I piece through it some of the stuff is like eerily specifically accurate to my personality your birth chart breaks down like so many of the different planetary alignments all sorts of different things from like the time and location that you were born in yeah that it's interesting that even though what we're basing it off of isn't necessarily accurate in terms of what we believe it to be yeah it's interesting that that information rings true to a certain yeah Yeah, like there's some things that like you know you read someone else's information you're like oh that wouldn't apply to me at all and like whether that's us reading into it and just like seeing what we want to see it's I don't know I just think it's like it's an interesting way to like reflect on yourself yeah and like undoubtedly I really from a psychological because I was telling my sister this and she's studying psychology and she said well think about it. it makes sense from a psychology point of view babies that are born around the same time so just say you're born in the dead of winter you'll be six months you're going to be hitting certain milestone during certain times of the year certain events that are consistent like holidays or like you know your Mm -hmm. siblings are all home because it's summer and there's certain things that you're going to be affected by at a different time than somebody who's born in the middle of the summer like you're just going to be experiencing things during your developmental years or like during those moments at different times and so it makes sense like you and me, for example, I was born in June and you were born in November. And so the age that we were when we started school was very different. You would have been like the baby yes, unfortunately. of your grade versus I was like on the older end. Yeah, the baby who didn't speak English. That was me. <laughs> Just picture you with like a little like bandana on your head, like a little babushka. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you, we'll, we'll wrap this this episode up for my cousins, Danya and Ali. If you're listening to this, I know you'll get a good laugh. My grandmother's sister lived just around the corner from her sister. And so my cousins would, when they waited for the bus in the mornings, they would come and they'd feed me, change my diapers, and then they'd go to school. <laughs> and I we had a window without a screen because that's how the cat got in and out. And I'd stick my yeah. head out and I'd scream, good luck in school. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd do like a little baby wave where like you just scrunch your hand together. That that concludes uh, Not Written in the Stars. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.